Hello, 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 and welcome back to episode four of the 0121 podcast. Uh, I am Lee Wilcox. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Every I, time. Uh, I, I zoned out for a second then. Um, yeah, and I'm Adam Barry, co-founder, oh. chief content officer at Alexis. Seamless, seamless. Today's guest, uh, I'm excited about a great story, an absolute belter of a story, uh, stuff that you, you can't, it's, to be honest, it's the stuff that dreams and nightmares are made of. Um, the person who's, who's built uh, an amazing e-com uh, brand, uh, but by no doubt has had um, some tremendous uh, hurdles to cross when he's been doing it. Um, uh, our local Brummie, uh, as always, and he's now sort of been able to step out of that business uh, and do consultancy to drive and empower entrepreneurs to think big and and, and help them with their brands. Uh, really excited about today's episode um, with uh, Addison Clark from P&Co. Addison, hello. Hello, how you doing? Brilliant to have you on, mate. First and foremost, what we like to do is just, you know, give us a bit of an intro. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? And how do you get doing it? I was like an episode of Blind Dates, but I like it. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm Addison, um, one of the co-founders of a brand called Pinko. Um, so we kind of set that up about, well, I think 10 years ago now, but officially 2013, you know how it is. And yeah, we just kind of started the business to, to kind of make about bouncing ideas around. We just wanted to create something that was ours and kind of go off on our own own paths, really. We were both very independent and we both kind of just wanted to kind of stand on our own two feet and, and make something you know that was going to be remembered and people would kind of engage with so at, at the start of it we kind of started graphic designing for people which was which was good um, and then we kind of figured out you know it was pretty good at designing merch for like bands and, and people like that so that kind of stemmed to well let's look at clothing and at the time you know Instagram was just kind of taking off that whole kind of, you know, Facebook. I think you're probably similar to, to you guys when you co-founded the um, on the tools. <laughs> so we kind of noticed all of that was happening. No brands were really kind of taking their, their stand on there and kind of, you know, giving, giving, not giving back, but kind of connecting with their audience. So we kind of started from day one on Instagram and, and then kind of took all of our followers along with us on the journey. So we'd involve them in kind of, behind the seats photo shoots where we were with factories all of the design process and we've really kind of built pinko as a kind of massive community brand as well as obviously good clothing and good products so we've always kind of had this community side to it um so that's been um yeah kind of eight years running that to fast track to where i am now so i've actually kind of exited the brand um, I'm still a shareholder and still kind of, you know, ha have some kind of dealings with them. But now I'm kind of using what I've kind of learned over the last eight years to now work with other brands and kind of establish those guys and, you know, ma make sure that they're getting the most out of their kind of social media strategy, their content, you know, all of their kind of digital marketing, different channels you can use online. There's so much you want to talk about there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we just go straight into it. Yeah, no, no, it's great. Um, particularly, particularly you leaving actually is something. But we'll we'll, we'll loop back round to that. Um, so, did it start started as a you started as a media business like providing services? We had, we had a lot of people in bands that we knew that that we needed like brand identity and merch and things like that. So, we just kind of started just doing the odd you know few bits and bobs for a few different bands in Birmingham. I think it's a great story, and, and actually, I hear this quite often. And there's a lot of good people that start as something else, 
and uh, and then morph into something completely different. And actually, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, tells you a lot about the people behind the business, doesn't it? You know that they're adaptable and and that that you know they ultimately follow the money. (laughs) (laughs) Is that part of it? Is that what is that what happened? Is it was it was it basically that? That, you know, you mentioned then there's a there's a bit of a thing where you're like, oh, actually, we're really good at this. And then you go, why are we doing it for everyone else? Shouldn't we be getting paid more money? Was that the driver, really? Or was it the creative drive that, that changed the, 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 the sort of direction? Well, definitely, you know, money enables you to be your own boss to do what you want. So that was definitely one of the drivers. But I think the other side was, you know, we, we were both into fashion at the time. And there was, you know, there was all saints that were a bit boring. There was, you know, super dry. But there was no brands that kind of, we were really inspired by American kind of West Coast, you know, kind of vintage kind of fashion. And there was no really brand that were kind of taking that and kind of going, this is this is what we are, this is what we own. So that that's kind of, you know, we, we were always kind of batting ideas around from that, like leather wallets and, you know, red wings and, you know, kind of salvage denims and things like that. And we just thought, you know, if, if this guy can do it from Superdry, who's gone on to, you know, grow the brand to a global success story, why can't we? So it's kind of similar to that. I mean, they started in a shed, I think Superdry did. We started very similar in a, a one man in his kind of unit in Nuneaton printing, you know, hundreds of T-shirts for us at the time. So it's a kind of sim- a similar story there, which is interesting. And, and talk to us about where the brand is now. Like, obviously, you've still got some involvement. And we want to, I kind of want to, I really want to loop back around for sort of more, I guess, um of the audience that's running a business at the moment where is the business at now i mean as i say we kind of grew it through through social media so it's got you know a, a very strong loyal following i think there's about three hundred and fifty thousand followers on instagram and so many on facebook but instagram was a really cool kind of dry, driver for us because our imagery sat so well on that platform so you know we're shipping to kind of i think it's like 56 different countries We've got one hundred and fifty thousand customers I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, multi, multi-million pound business like some people do think it is. We've got a very, you know, good re- returning customer, right, because our customers are so loyal. So we've just kind of, you know, kept that and made sure that everything we do do is going to appeal to that that core customer because at the end of the day, they're, they're the guys keeping you in business. They're the guys that are going to speak, speak about you and kind of really, you know, resonate with what you're doing. So... Yeah, that, that's kind of where the brand is at the moment. Um, I think there's about 14 staff members now, and we use kind of various agencies to look after different parts of the business for us. Uh, we just appointed a, a non-exec kind of CEO um, position, so he's kind of stepping in now and kind of making sure that everyone's doing what they're doing, everyone's nine to five and, you know, growing the business in the right way, which is great. Um, and then Lee is just absolutely flying with his kind of creative vision, and that's all he's ever that's all he's ever wanted to do, and that's what he's, you know, incredible at. So he's kind of running up the the design, you know, of the aesthetics and also designing the products along with Jordan, who is the operations director, who's making sure that what Lee kind of envisions happens in the right way. How how has it been building a business with a friend? Because we, we get asked this all the time. And actually, we got... I mean, I don't remember, but there were so many people along the way, particularly in the first couple of years, even when we'd started the business, we were like, you're mad. Like, what are you doing? Don't do that. It's going to end in, it's going to end in tears. How's that been? We, we, we actually lived together. So the, the, the first kind of... <laughs> it's, even, it's even more, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so the first two years, it was, it, was, it was great. I mean, you work your own hours, you kind of do what you want. And at that very startup phase of the business, it's very quick, isn't it? You're kind of like, let's try this and let's try that. 
and it was we just kind of gelled to be honest and he kind of looked after all the, the the product design and you know the photography and then i kind of looked at the the marketing strategy and made sure that whatever ever was doing kind of got out to the right people in the right way and um, so it just it, it it worked really well to be honest um and then when we lived together I think sometimes I'd probably be hungover in the morning. He'd kind of be like, you're going to come up and do some work or what? <laughs> so that was about it, really. We never really had the kind of big bust-ups or anything like that. No, I think we've been pretty similar, haven't we, really, Lee? Um, but we've known each other since we were, I don't know, like 10. Mm. So, And actually, I've never really liked him. So it's uh, <laughs> nothing it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we got introduced to each other through a record, an indie record label that I was working for, helping those guys out. And then I found Lee's band, who's who were called Vows. Um, and then we just kind of got to talking. We both were into graphic design and kind of photography, and you know, just had a lot of similar interests really. And then it just the friendship went from there. And then we kind of started the the brand, and then it it was eight eight years of kind of building it. I always find it really interesting because you don't find many people that run businesses that have that are like um have been friends for a, a period of time beforehand. There's a, the, I think probably there's a bit more of it now, I would say. But um it was well, always one of those things that people say, but you know, don't do that, you fall out over money, you know, you'll never talk to each yeah. other again at some point. Imagine imagine if it was your girlfriend as well, the even one. Running a band called Honu and he's kind of doing that with his girlfriend from up north, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't. I think it's too close for home for me. That is, mm. um, no escape. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no escape. Yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. no escape. What I can see from what I'm reading, you quite um, uh, and the business itself is quite sort of vocal on like its um, on its values and its vision and and things like that. Um, I was actually looking at one of the one of the job advertisements you've got, and it's you can see that it's quite core cool to what you you know what you're doing and how how important were they? And I'm you know. We're doing that thing here Ad, that we're doing on the podcast where we're just basically what Nathan said last week is just seek consultancy on people that have, uh, are doing things. But the vision for me and, and the values and everything is something we're constantly trying to like work on and make sure that they're aligned. And, you know, how important was it for the business? I mean, we used to look at the brand every six to 12 months and just always question everything. I'd always be the one, is this right? You know, what, what are we trying to be, you know, because I, I always look at the big guys, and you know, Apple and, you know, Microsoft, Nike, Adidas, and kind of, I'm, I'm a bit obsessed with finding people's brand identity guidelines and just having a look through what they were trying to create and if they were, if they're doing that. So for, for both Lee and I, it was kind of like, we used to make sure that whenever we had a meeting or whenever we were starting a new collection that we'd make sure that those kind of values were in place. So we had the, well, Lee came up with the CBD rule, <laughs> which is creative, brave, driven, and that, that those kind of three things ran throughout. Um, and that, and that, I think the staff kind of got on board with it as well, which is really good to, to make sure that they're kind of sharing in that kind of values and, and vision with you as well. I think that's really important. You guys seem to do that really well, actually, whenever I'm watching your kind of LinkedIn or YouTube videos. You're kind of on the same page, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I think you've definitely got a push for that at the moment, haven't you? Ad? In terms of the team yeah. and making sure that we're the talking in, in, you know, being uh, sort of together in, in, in that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, you just got to look at our our backgrounds, and I never knew I wanted to come into the creative industry um, at all. Um, and Lee, you were you were pretty similar. 
but for you and you and Lee um, to have that background in design and really understand what brand identity means, I guess that was always something that you felt really passionate about. Whereas for us, Lee, we almost have to lean on other people for that. Yeah, our vision changes all the time, really. Well, I think anyone really knows what it means. <laughs> I wouldn't say we're the experts. I mean, Lee did a branding degree, but that he didn't really turn up to at all because we were building the brand. <laughs> but um, it is a hard one, isn't it? What is brand identity? Even when you're kind of talking to, to clients that I'm working with now, it's kind of like it, it's everything, really. It's, it's nothing and it's everything at the same time. It's a bit of a, an anomaly, really, isn't it? You've got to believe it and you've got to have passion in it for it to work. Otherwise, if, if you don't have that, it'll just fall apart. Yeah, it's interesting that you say we do. We seem like we do it pretty well, and I think maybe we're just, or particularly I am, I'm not hypercritical of like. I've read this thing the other day. I can't. I can't remember who posted it. Every business looks like it's uh, on fire from the inside. Yeah. Uh, like you don't worry, you're doing all right, type thing. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think it's on fire, but I think. Um, uh, I think when you're trying to like drive a company forward and it's growing as well and you want to try and make sure that everyone's, you know, you mentioned it then about the team are on board with it. So that made that easier. And it's, it's totally that, isn't it? It's about having as many people behind you trying to drive that forward or ahead of you, however you, you know, you manage and however you lead. Mm. Um, it's doing that. I mean, on the topic of fire, and I didn't even mean to do that, but um, uh, this question was more, was more surrounding, uh, you know, how important were the, were the was <laughs> yeah how important was the vision and stuff but um the business sat on fire didn't it in 2017 is that right yeah literally <laughs> how, yeah. what talk us through that what uh, one talk us through what happened if you can and two um what effect that had uh, and and what you had to sort of bring together what was the size of the team at that point like talk to us about that yeah well i'll have i'll have to send you the video actually that i've got of it there's, there's a video <laughs> of it yeah, there's a there's a drone video that some guys sent to us. I don't know how we got it, and it's literally so. So it was our warehouse. So we started the brand. You know, we were fulfilling it out of my bedroom, Lee's bedroom. And then we had a little warehouse, and it just kind of grew so quickly that we were like, "This is this is too much for us." So we bought on a third party fulfillment company that did all of that for us. So they were based in Essex, uh, and yeah, well, yeah, it was that a strip light in the building. Had just gone and obviously it's all clothing underneath so i think there was us the brand called 304 lazy oaf uh some sports kind of nutrition companies and it's also the, the fulfillment that we were in is asos is abroad so everything goes through this warehouse and then goes to like america and it's the international depot sorry so it was all of our stock and then the whole of asos is international orders for that week and um, so that all completely went up in smoke I'd been to a friend's wedding the day before. So I was kind of just milling around my apartment in the morning to kind of, you know, debating life and whatever happened at the, at the wedding. <laughs> and I got a phone call from Jordan kind of saying, you're right, if you're in the news, I was like, not, not really yet, mate, no, just, just woke up having a coffee like. <laughs> and he was like, Put, sit down, I've got something important to tell you. And I was like, but yeah, who's died? <laughs> I was like, this is going to be, this is, this, you know, I hadn't got a clue it was going to be the warehouse had sat down, had burned down. And he just said, yeah, I've got off the phone to Dave. Um, it's all gone. It's, it, it, it's, it's all gone. I was like, what do you mean it's all gone? He was like, yeah, the, the entire warehouse has burnt down. There's, there's nothing left. We have nothing. And now it was kind of like, 
you know, and you just get that sudden rush of adrenaline. It, it was like that straight away. I didn't really have time to get upset or anything like that. It was just like, right, what are we going to do? Because we're also set on growing this brand. We were never not going to just like, you know, sit there and kind of think of, you know, this has happened. It was kind of like, right, what can we do now? So we, we all got, you know, together in the office. Kind of Jordan looked after the operations and figuring out, you know, how are we going to get stock back into the business as quick as possible? Lee kind of, well, Lee at that point was already looking into kind of changing the branding and things like that. So to be honest, it, it did kind of happen with the new brand. <laughs> and then I kind of looked after, you know, how are we going to market this to our customers? How are we going to, how are we going to PR this in the, in the right way and make sure people know that we are coming back? So it was just, you know, all hands all hands to deck kind of thing and just kind of, yeah, the next two weeks was just an absolute whirlwind. It was crazy. How did um, how did that impact you financially? Was you covered for it? You know, was did was did the insurance sort of like cover the losses, or was it was it um, was there a period of time before you sort of could claim any money back? And did you stand still at that point? Yeah, I mean, it did it did take a while for the we did have insurance, but it wasn't it wasn't massive. It was you know cost price and things like that. So you know we we did get some money back, but financially at that point we. I think at that stage in the brand, we were still kind of doing concept collections. So we had like Liars and Cry Babies, uh, Slick Ricks and, and things like that. So we'd build these collections up um, rather than doing spring, summer, winter, autumn, winter. We'd have like story collections and we'd released, I think it was about three or four different collections during that summer that absolutely skyrocketed us. And I think we just kind of switched the dial up with Facebook ads at that time. And we're, the, the, the brand was in the, the biggest kind of, stage of growth we'd ever, we'd ever seen. So it was literally the wor worst point for this to happen. <laughs> so yeah, financially, it was for those kind of periods, period of time that we weren't a bit able to trade, that, that hit quite hard. But because we, you know, were open with our customers, we, you know, kind of made sure that they knew what was going on and we were coming back. Everyone kind of waited. And then the day that we, you know, that, 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 that the new distribution was set up, and we were had stock in there ready to go. It was like Black Friday. It was nuts. We'd never seen the amount of sales ever. I don't think in in, in one single day. And it, it was it was almost you know brought a tear to the eye really. And and ha how much people were supportive and how how we kind of bounced back from just the customers and, and the community that, that we built. I think that shows. Um, some of that hit when you said it earlier about you know you built a community of customers. Um, and it's not easy to do that isn't you know when you're trying to sell products but I think that shows on that first day that people were almost yes they want some you know really good uh, clothes to wear but also they probably just like want to support you it's the underdog story isn't it that you know yeah. two lads from Birmingham that are making this global brand and that's what we always set out to do we want to make a global brand that's what we always said so I think it was kind of like people that have seen that first you know post on Instagram of us, of, us packaging the orders and who've being in this journey with us we're kind of like right let, let, let's get some orders in let's make sure they can kind of see it through till christmas almost so it was yeah it was it was good that's an incredible story without one you know trying to sound like um uh, we're trying to uh, benefit from the podcast um promo but i've already know that jamie's got the soundbite sorted for the promo and it will be yeah i, I got told to sit down and, and 
all our stock the whole thing had burnt to the floor i didn't know what to do it's there it's there already as you were saying it was like wow this <laughs> um what was the period of time that it took you to get up and running again like so you 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 find out the day after the wedding you're like right holy shit everything's gone and, and was it your whole stock as well at this point literally every bit of stock you got everything i always have this like in my mind we had we had watches at that time i think we were just selling through them so i always imagine that there's like this watch just like burnt into the ground somewhere everything <laughs> 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 watches mugs we had leather goods we had t-shirts we had some jackets at the time um everything I think so how, how long does it take you then from that point so you have the you have the, we the wedding the next day you get that phone call and then when does that day that amazing day that you know um that you go holy shit we've been supported everyone's waiting and now they're buying again how, what's that period of time there i think it was literally two weeks <laughs> the, 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 three, the 3pl that we'd partnered with they had a resilient kind of strategy in place so if this ever was to happen they had a, a backup unit and a backup you know systems and things like that so they basically said to us we'll be up and running within i think it was like four days or something ridiculous so you know credit to those guys and jordan for kind of managing that kind of whole process so yeah it was kind of four days for those guys to get back up and running and then we we had some stuff in the air that hadn't landed yet i think we had like half of our winter stock or autumn stock in the air ready to go into the that warehouse so we obviously redirected that which was quite lucky <laughs> um and then because we had the benefit of printing t-shirts in the uk we made our leather goods in the uk we made our mugs in the uk a few other things we, we literally you know jordan kind of got on the phone to suppliers and said look this has happened we want a place to reorder but we need extra terms and things like that and because the kind of relationships that we had with our suppliers they were very supportive of that and i think yeah we, we turned the t-shirts around in about yeah 10 days or something ridiculous like that and then everything else just kind of, you know, flew on from there. And we launched it as it was in the warehouse. So it was, it was very quick. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, there's not many people, you know, there's not many businesses that can survive that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. That is mm. incredible. You've, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, I'm going to pull back to this now because I, I kind of want to, and it, it kind of leads into the next, uh, the next area we wanted to talk around was that you changed roles as well, didn't you? I think whilst you were um, uh, active in in the business, yeah, quite a few times. <laughs> um, I think it's the entrepreneur in me. Did you start and grow as like the, the CEO or was you or MD or however you term it through the business? And and what did you go to and and why as well? Yeah, I mean, when we first started, we didn't really have titles or anything like that. It was just kind of like we, we knew our roles and we, we just got on with them, to be honest. And then as we started, you know, employing people and, you know, people in the business wanted progression, things like that. We just kind of said, well, you know, we're the two co-owners. So I just went into the CEO kind of position and then lead that kind of um, the chief brand officer role. Um, and I mean, t t to be honest, m m <laughs> My passion is is, is marketing, is, is digital, it is, it is brand. So that, that kind of CEO CEO role for the, for I think it was like three or four years, was was brilliant for me. But you kind of figure out what you're good at and what you're not. So, you know, as soon as we had the extra capital to put into more people and build the team around the business and to, for that to grow, I kind of thought, well, my role is 100% marketing, is digital, it's, you know, customer experience, things like that. So I brought on people that would compliment me and Lee. So the operations director, Jordan, 
um and then we we then eventually kind of you know i was like well i want to grow further i want to get someone that has the knowledge of growing a business that i don't have you know cash flow resources um working capital all of that kind of operational and the ceo kind of role you know i wanted to go and get that from someone to kind of help with growth to be honest so I kind of took that decision to kind of get get someone in who could kind of help with that. And then I just went into the CMO role and really kind of built out the marketing team, the marketing strategy and how that was going to kind of develop from there. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting point, I think, with people, you know, particularly founders changing roles through um, through a business. Because I think sometimes it's it's uh, a negative thing in the sense or can be seen as a negative thing. Um, yeah. yeah. On, on the basis of why though so like you know if the business grows too quickly and you have to move out of a role it's a bit different from what it sounds like it was with you where it was actually your heart and passion was actually in that cmo role anyway if it could yeah. be yeah it, it, exactly so that, you know yeah i mean i i thought it was a great thing that, that we did that the, the business now is you know in the best shape it's ever been because of the knowledge that you know chris has kind of brought brought with him and he's now kind of managing the team so it's been you know good good to see that yeah, I think there's a I think there's a good lesson there as well. With um, I think a lot of people when they start a business, they want to try and do it all. I do all. Yeah, and and just don't try and do don't try and like don't kill yourself trying to be good at something that you just naturally not like. Let someone else in and do it. And I've got a pretty similar path to you, to be honest. I've had about four different roles since we started the business, um, and I've always been about the creativity and the content and that's where I'll kind of sit now but yeah I think there's a is a really important lesson there to sort of it's okay to sort of like move you don't if, if you start off as a CEO in a business it doesn't mean that's where you're going to finish it in 10 years time you, yeah. can, you can move through that business and, and pick well, a role that suits you and the business definitely and you want the business to have legs as well so you want it to operate with you not even there which is where, where I am now which is amazing to kind of be in that position <laughs> so, so and a great segue to the next question is how did you get to that point um, and why did you step out of the business? Because it's unusual for someone to have been CEO, been able to then, or CMO, you know, and founder and then step out of it completely, but then still keep some kind of like um, uh, attachment, shareholding, you know, mm. role, whether that's like a non-exec role or whatever, uh, in, in a business so to, can you if you if you can can you talk to us about um what that journey was like when you realized that you wanted to sort of step away and, and you'd sort of reach that point of like I, you know um I don't want to be part of it for whatever reason and, and what were the reasons for that as well I always kind of looked at the, the brands um you know I wanted to do myself out of a job to be honest <laughs> as silly as it sounds but I wanted to build a brand up to a certain position so it could just run um, and kind of 2019, when kind of Chris was in place, when we got the marketing team, you know, I was kind of, you know, almost had that itch, really. I'd been there for kind of, you know, eight or nine years. I was in the, in the office nine to five. So it was kind of, you know, very regimented, so to speak. And being an entrepreneur, I kind of like, you know, I wonder, I wonder if I could, you know, kind of, you know, let the business now go and do what it wants to do and then I can do you know other things and I've always kind of had passions to work with other brands you know I, I've been fascinated by agencies to be honest and how they kind of work with the the big kind of global corporates and how that kind of works so I kind of just you know sat down with the guys and said you know do you, do you, what do you think about this um and 
you know, luckily they all kind of, you know, agreed and said, if that's what you want to do and that's what, you know, that's the direction you want to go in, let's make it happen. So we spent kind of, you know, six months in place developing up the marketing team and developing relationships with certain kind of um, agencies that could run different parts of the marketing for us. And then I was able to kind of step down in January, I thought, well, I think it was May actually, May, May 2020 um, to a non-exec kind of role, um, shareholder. And now I'm kind of, you know, free to do, you know, my next kind of projects and work with other brands, which has been just, yeah, a breath of fresh air just to kind of have a bit of a change. Nothing bad against P&Co, but when you've been doing a business for that long, you know, and, and sharing on that vision, it's just nice to kind of have a break and work with other businesses and realize you're not the only business in the world. So I think you get wrapped up in it sometimes and you just like, you know, oh, P&Co, 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 and that's amazing. But for, you know, your mental health and your well-being, it's good to just step out and think, wow, there's a lot of other, other businesses out there that are in a similar position. And that's kind of where I got to, really, kind of thinking, well, you know, I could take this brand from, you know, £100,000 turnover to £2 million with everything that I've learned quite quickly. So you start to think, well, you know, that that would be a really interesting job role and an interesting journey to go on with another brand. And that's kind of what I've been doing the last kind of 12 months. I think it will be coming up 12 months in May. Um, and it's just been it's just been a really cool journey to go on. Do you, do you think uh, Ad? Do you think you'll love? Oh, sorry, Ad, Ad and Ad. This is bloody confusing. This is, and then and then your partner, your business partner is called Lee. It's bloody hot there. Um, uh, Adam Barry, um, do you? you uh, do you think you'll ever get to a point like that in the business where you're like, actually, I, I'm 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 ready to I'm ready to step out now. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you the same question. Um, I hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I think you know that anyway. Um, I've I love what I do. I love my job. Nowhere near finished yet, but um, I'm young. You know, thirty five, and I genuinely think by the time I'm forty, early forties, I'll be doing something completely different. I really do. I spent twelve years in construction before coming into the advertising world. Twelve mm-hmm. years I was a shop fitter, uh, ran my own business and stuff. Now I'm doing this, which is just insane. It's a completely different world. Yeah, and I, I think in another 10 years, I'll be doing something completely different again. And that excites me. Exactly. Um, exactly what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm, I might open up a coffee shop. I might start a fragrance brand. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm loving at the moment just working with a whole variety of different businesses. I've got a drinks brand that I'm working with, a grooming brand, a coffee shop, a venue, um, a nightclub. <laughs> is isn't a good client to have at the moment, but, but it will be in June. <laughs> um, a, a leather brand you know there's there's lots of brands that are working at the moment it's just amazing to see their journey hear their story and then kind of step in and go let's structure this business for you and it's just been fun to be honest yeah lee you i want you to answer that question now <laughs> I, I i i do as well i do i do think i will i think um i know exactly where i want electric house to go and get to now and, and, and I think the reality is right is that it's really really difficult to find anyone who can do start up scale up mature through a business mm. and those different phases like we're stepping into scale up now I'm very confident I could do that stage right and I know where I want to take the business and and I think we've got sort of shared vision we've got great talent coming through the business we're really well positioned in Birmingham it's like nationally we're doing well we're winning bigger clients there's all these things that are ticking some boxes like the business was 
you know, 12 months ago and it had 50 people in, now it's got 100, it'll be 150 by the end of this year. When it gets to 300, 400, that it's a different, it's a completely different business. And I have no idea whether I'm the right person to do that. And I think there's this, um, there's a, a thing I was reading, I'm sure it's Reid Hoffman, the guy who ran LinkedIn, who does this, um, he spoke about this like tour of duties. He wrote like a paper on it. And it's basically like the notion that, actually you should you should have stints in a business and then you should review and evaluate your role as to whether you're the right person for that business in the next two years um and i kind of getting into that mindset now you know and i know at the end of next year i will totally review that i will i will really try and hold a mirror up and go okay you know what the plan is you've done the, the two year stint you knew what hopefully we're, we're where we wanted to be and then I have to go. Am I the right person to do this, or or is it is it my time to leave? Like basically, is the is the is the reality of it. And I think we, me and Ad, always talk about like the business, like clipping our heels because it's growing a lot, and and because we've never done it before. Like mm. we, you know, um, we're pretty open about. Well, that, right, I mean, we had like I think fourteen people. Or, yes, fourteen, fifteen, and and agencies and photographers and things like that. Yeah, I can't imagine how it is to kind of manage a hundred people. <laughs> yeah, and look, and, and look, I, I people, don't, people, yeah, a people person definitely. I like the idea of having a decade of doing things differently. I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. We had a guest on the podcast once who said he had a friend who did basically that's how he ran his life. He um, every ten years he would just rip up his whole life and start again and do something new for ten years. He'd been like. Yeah, I think he'd been part of the clergy for 10 years. Then he then he went on to something like he'd done a lot of mad stuff. And I was like, it's kind of like, you know, I, I love the idea of potentially when I get to 40 being like, oh, I'm just stepping into something completely yeah. different, foreign, like, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that was kind of for me as well. Like, you know, we've been online for 10 years doing an online business, not face to face with customers and you know, it's, it's very different. And, I, you know, I kind of, I, I almost want to kind, kind of open up a, a shop or, you know, something like that, just because it's different. And, you know, you, you can get a lot of satisfaction and gratification from from opening a shop and having that, you know, interaction with people. So who knows? I know Ad is um, raring to get into the, uh, into the Birmingham section of the podcast. You know, this is the 0121 and we like to celebrate Birmingham entrepreneurs. Uh, we want to highlight heroes of, of Birmingham. So um, I, I believe that Jamie has preempted you, which it sounds like he has, um, on uh, on highlighting someone. Um, do do you have someone? I don't have someone. I have I have a few. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, come on, far well, away. I think well, three hundred four. To be honest, the clothing brand that were were in the same fulfillment as us at the time. Um, you know, and they always kind of inspire me because they they move so quickly as soon as something new comes out if it's a social media channel or a, you know a, a trend or a certain design you know kind of look and feel they'll just jump on it and they'll do it really well and i, I think that they don't get the the credit that they need for at, at the moment for the size they are so i think you know david and his team are just you know absolutely smashing it at the moment um which is which is good to be watching and kind of seeing what those guys are doing and I, de- I definitely think um, the guys at DDC have just absolutely smashed it, especially through lockdown. 
kind of keeping the brand alive and moving around different parts of Birmingham and, and the West Midlands. I think they did one in Warwick, didn't they? Just for people listening uh, outside of Birmingham, DDC is a Digbeth Dining Club. So it's um, an outdoor food festival, ultimately, that's on a, on, on a weekly basis, usually, um, particularly during the summer, but uh, uh, hasn't been on for a while, but very much looking forward to getting back uh, back to Digbeth in, in general, to be honest. just um, I think there's uh, but, a lot going on in Digbeth. It, it, it needs to happen I think it needs to become the Shoreditch of Birmingham and it, it's, it's always said it is that but I think that we need retailers in there we need good independence we need shops and we need residential so I think once they've got that I think it's going to be a really interesting place well they've had the um, the funding was announced this week I don't know if you saw for the um, creative hub no, wicked uh, so there's like a new 18 million pound uh, 50,000 square foot creative hub that's going to be built in the in the Digbeth area and I think they've had the first the first three million quid sanctioned for it and then the rest will come as they're they're building but they reckon it's going to open 20 early 2022 um and you've also got Steve Knight building his TV TV set like 100 million pound TV set and they're they're going to be yeah, he is definitely is, um, and I think they're going to be heavily linked. So I, I think once you start getting like anything, isn't it? It's like um, I don't know if you, you know, like uh, King's Cross in London. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like that got built up ultimately because Google moved there, like, <laughs> and then a few other businesses moved, and then and then London were like, oh shit, yeah, we need to like build a load of things around here because there's just so many people now, and I, I think that'll be exactly the same. Is that once something credible gets built there that that generates lots of jobs. Um, and particularly in that industry where you're getting lots of um, people from outside of London and, and everything starts coming sort of swarming around this yeah. hub for video, which is kind of what it's being built for. It's like film, TV and creative video is, is what it's sort of been being termed as. Um, really cool. I, I, I really think there's going to be a hell of a lot of things that get built around it. And then then I think it will transform Digbeth. Not too much, I hope. I want it to still have that. Well, you got wanting to have that vibe, don't you? Yeah, you got m- motorcycles as well. Black metal from Birmingham. And I just love what those guys are doing. And I love that they're they're kind of flying the banner almost for Birmingham as well, which is really good to see. And that their bike is incredible. Ad is a <laughs> massive fan. Yeah, my first bike was a, a one two five Black Sabbath. I loved it. Yeah, I'm 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 getting one hopefully this year. Um, I've only got my uh, I can get a one two five, um, and then my. My full test was cancelled last year because of COVID. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I want a, yeah, I want a, um, a hilt. So I do. Um, nice. Uh, so I, had, I had one. Of, I had a hilt. You loved it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like um, the Great Escape as well. So when when I found the, 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 I was like, oh my god, they've even got one that's like modelled on that. I was like, have you been down there? No, I haven't been down there yet. Again, me and my mate was meant to go down because there's a coffee shop inside the. Uh, yeah. Shop isn't there? Um, I mean, we need to get down as well, didn't we? Lee? Yeah, um, yeah. No, we, we need to still. We definitely need to get down there, don't we? Yeah. Just just wanted to ask about your consultancy and um, and what you're doing in the Birmingham area, but but also I guess um, wider than that because it sounds like you're working with a number of brands. Um, how's that going, and what's the future of that look like? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, at the moment, is is this full time? I didn't expect it to be as busy as it has been. It's been amazing. Um, I'm not working with any kind of Birmingham business directly at the moment, but that's not to say that I won't do. But it's, it's just been really interesting kind of word of mouth, to be honest. Once I kind of announced it on LinkedIn, things like that, just people get in touch with you, don't they? And it's just been interesting to kind of 
you know, almost get brought into these businesses as if it was, you know, a, co- a founder or, or something like that, really. So it's been, um, it's been really good. I mean, you can't complain at the moment. Um, you know, some of the projects that we have been working on, even though COVID has taken you know, a massive hit on people's businesses, all of the kind of clients that I'm working with have, have experienced, you know, triple digit, you know, some, some have, you know, got triple digit or almost four digit growth just because they haven't really optimized their digital channels yet. So I'm really working with clients that have a great product and a great brand and then going in and kind of, you know, figuring out how they do this on, on an e-commerce kind of platform. So it's been, that's been amazing to kind of be a part of some of the journeys so far. Just finally, before we, uh, I'd like to give you the opportunity to, you know, plug yourself and maybe you can pick a client up in the Birmingham area. It doesn't sound like you need any more clients, but. Um, oh, no, uh... <laughs> I want to get someone's office and not work from home for. <laughs> um, where can people find you um, uh, across socials and, and how do they get in touch? Um, so it's just addisonclark.com, which is the website. Um, 1D. No E on Clark because everyone says that. <laughs> and then it's, I think it's at underscore Addison Clark again on Instagram. And that's really the main channels that I use. It's um, uh, like a really cool, it sounds like a, your name sounds like it's the name of a business. Yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? People, do, people have said that. They're like, are you starting an agency? Because they see the branding and I've got, you know, my typefaces. And it does lean quite well into that. But who knows? <laughs> Yeah, he's 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 mentioned agency a few times. I reckon he's going to step into that world. Sounds like it'd be a good idea. Sounds like it's kind of already happening a little bit. Leave you sorts of thing. Well, I don't know about that. But um, uh, listen, it's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Great story. Um, I'm glad uh, that Pinko back uh, got back on its feet after the uh, after the fire. Um, uh, incredible achievement and and. Uh, good luck with everything you're stepping into, and who knows what we see you uh, what you what we see you launch next, whether we're with a fragrance or a motorbike or uh, a leather brand or I don't know. It'd be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Thank you, and likewise you guys. It's good to be um, good to find you here, and yeah, well, it's good to see the business doing so well. Yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate that. And, and look, absolutely, you need to get over to the office um, when we're when we're when we're allowed back in there. We're not in there in a minute, but um, uh, yeah, come over and see us. We'll have a beer at the bar and um, uh, talk brand. I love a bit of brand and vision. You can um, we'll talk that all day long. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Brilliant. Really good to meet you. Yeah, and you guys. Well, that was incredible. Um, really, really enjoyed that. What a story. Yeah, heroin. When he was on about. <laughs> You shouldn't, I shouldn't be laughing, but when he's on about the fact that it burnt down and he, he's, it, that Jordan guy rang him, his ops guy rang him and was like, you need to sit down. I was thinking, oh my God, I hope we never have to go through it. I hope you never ring me like that. Like, Yeah. Just, oh. if, if, if I do, it would be somewhat so like ridiculous, wouldn't it? Like, Lee, there's no biscuits in the office. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're going to do that to me now, aren't you? Yeah. I really, I'll tell you what else was really good about that podcast is uh, the... the the amazing the, uh, people in Birmingham that he highlighted, um, you know, that three or four clothing brand. I, I've never heard of that before. Went straight on there, looked, I was like, this is amazing. I'm, I'm, as soon as I get paid, mate, I'm on there. Really good episode. Yeah, well, if you enjoyed it as much as we did, please don't forget to subscribe uh, to our channels, leave a review, and actually in the review, tell us, you know, your favourite part of the podcast and, and potentially what you want to hear from us in the next one. Uh, did I miss anything there, Lee? 
No, you've not been saying it. it was a beautiful call to action at the end of the podcast. Um, I've been Lee Wilcox. I've been Adam Barry. And this has been the 0121 podcast. Love you all. Goodbye.